Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Sally Hughes, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Well, it's very nice to see you, especially since this is probably the last time I'll see you properly before Christmas. Oh, God. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I probably won't see you in the flesh until 2021. Yes. Oh, God. Actually, that's not linger on all the things because this is about feel good habits. So this is about the things that people use, whether it's a strategy, whether it's just a habit that they've forced into their DNA so that they don't let a bad morning turn into a bad day or a bad day turn into a bad week or, you know, yeah. spiral. And I have a feeling you'll have really good practical ones. And I'm very much enjoying the fact that you put your specs on. This makes me think that you're taking it very seriously. I am. I'm taking it very seriously. That's my clock striking 12. It's very noisy at 12 o'clock, but thereafter it goes quiet. I, I grew up in a house with a grandfather clock every quarter of an hour. <laughs> every oh, quarter of an hour. Way to keep you on edge. I know. It was a lot. It was a lot. But, you know, it was a very small, it's also a small cottage. So it's quite a big thing to have in a such a tiny home anyway nice I fancy a grandfather clock I can hook you up anyway strategy Hmm. my strategies for for kind of self-soothing and and I mean I've got lots and they and they change uh from day to day week to week obviously um but some of them are enduring for sure Hmm. now where shall I start so maybe I should start with with the things I do literally every day Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's quite sad, um, but I do the Times quick cryptic crossword every single day. <laughs> okay. Is there a particular time? Is it with a cup of tea? Is it in bed? It's, How does this manifest? So it's always last thing at night. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always the last thing I do on the computer. And um, I do it on the computer, not in the paper. So I have a time subscription and um, I don't do today's quick cryptic. I started because by the time I started doing this, I went back years and years and years. So I'm probably in like, you know, the year 2000 at the moment. Um, So I do it every single day in the evening. And so does my husband. We do it together, (laughs) which which makes us sound like Terry and June or something. But um, it's... lovely thing we have a cup of tea and um we get the laptop out and we do the cryptic crossword together and and we try and beat our our records and can usually do it in under 10 minutes so it's quite quick can you my mum's really good at crosswords and she does the time she's been missing it because they do like a a physical paper so they've been missing it recently in lockdown so I might have to get her a an annual or the 
yeah. the book of them. A compendium. Exactly. But they are, I feel like the cryptic crossword because I spent quite a bit of time doing them with my mum when I was little, makes you look at things like it, it's a really good training for your lateral thinking, isn't it? Like seeing anagrams in things and precisely the point I was going to make you're absolutely right I think it just it makes you think in a different way and also because it's a very specific tricksy sort of thinking the cryptic crossword I do feel that my brain switches off before I go to sleep because it's not a sort of real life thinking the way a normal crossword is is does that make sense mm. Sort of like um, you put yourself into a different mental state when you're doing a cryptic crossword, um, which is different from a regular crossword, which is like a general knowledge quiz, basically. And so I find it helps me wind down and kind of um, distance myself from normal thinking, from the thinking I've been doing the rest of the day about, you know, work, family, tasks, the house and all that kind of stuff. So I find it really, really helps me and um, it makes me happy and it's very satisfying, you know, it's a very task. Even though I know I sound 90, this is the thing. I know somebody's <laughs> gonna listen to this and go, geez, like she's like, it's such a kind of old fashioned thing to do. And yeah, their marriage sounds hot. <laughs> um, but um, it is actually a really lovely little part of our relationship. and. Um, yeah, and it's time for us to spend together and, you know, and it's not really about the kids or the family or our marriage or any of the stuff. It's just like we sit there and we have a laugh doing cryptic crossword. I think that's brilliant. And when I'm together with my family, which obviously hasn't been very often this year, uh, they are a times reading family. And there'll be a moment when you just know, you just hear the paper and then my dad will go, birthdays and we all literally have to gather around and he'll read out the names and we have to guess the age of the person exactly that so my husband also does that in with the guardian and the times where he goes um he calls me and he says who do you think is older <laughs> and he gives me he gives me two people who are quite similar in age and I have to say well I think Johnny Depp is older than Brad Pitt or whatever it is and um and we sort of quiz it like that I'm quite good at that by the way I'm quite good at knowing who's older even if they seem quite similar um in age huh I've never done it that way it's quite old-fashioned isn't it all of it I totally get why your family does that it's just a kind of a little bit, a, a tiny bit of mental exercise that is basically meaningless and quite fun. It's just something very bonding about it. Everyone just tunes in for that particular moment in time. So I really like that one. And I might actually start, I do have a time subscription, so I will start doing that. I'll see if I can flex those cryptic muscles. Yeah, and The Guardian, um, the Guardian does a really good cryptic crossword as well. And the only reason I do the Times is because I write for The Guardian and I don't want to be on The Guardian website just before I go to sleep because that's kind of worky. The Guardian crosswords are brilliant, but um, I go to The Times because it feels nice and detached from my life. That's another, that's another really good exercise, isn't it? It's, I'm sure there must be something in this and I feel like I need to investigate it somehow of how you know how um, your brainwaves, you, you can alpha brainwaves and the various brainwaves that are triggered when you go to sleep. I wonder if lateral thinking does steer you towards your, I'm gonna have to make a note of that and ask a scientist. 
Yeah, it, it, yeah, I'd like to know that too. It is definitely putting your brain in a different place from normal thinking. If I were to do a quiz, that would be very different because you're mm. kind of plundering the, the, the type of thinking that you normally do. But cryptic crosswords, I suppose a bit like people, some people relax with Sudoku. See, I don't do Sudoku because it's about numbers and I can't do numbers, but um, I can see why people are drawn to it because it's not a normal way of thinking. You just kind of drift away into a slightly different kind of tricksy space see I love the numbers game on countdown because I find the word games really hard it's the only time I, I switch allegiances the only time I will ever get the numbers game on countdown is you basically have to add them all together and it comes out <laughs> I will never do anything more um more inventive than that because I'm absolutely terrible at maths I wish I was good. Um, so that's a really love one, lovely one. And I enjoy the fact that not only is it at the end of the day, but it's about shifting the brain without sort of almost like tricking your brain into slowing down if, in a way, choosing an activity that will just ease you into sleep. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's quite an important part of my life. Um, I feel like the elephant in the room is exercise. And I feel like we're going to have to talk about exercise. I have a very uh, difficult relationship with exercise. So um, you're really into it, aren't you? I think of you as a really active, healthy, fitness orientated person. And I think you have been that since I've known you. So you, that's probably just in you. Um, I loathe exercise and have my whole life. I hate competitive sports. I hate team sports. I hate individual sports. I hate watching sport. I hate taking part in sport. I loathed PE. Um, I think running is gross. Like it's such a kind of, I, I don't know why anybody would want it. I can't swim because I'm allergic to chlorine. So I could never learn. Um, I just loathe exercise that doesn't have a purpose beyond exercise. So I love walking, for example, because it takes you somewhere. And um, I like cycling because it takes you somewhere. But exercise, like going to a gym and exercising is my worst nightmare. I love the only structured exercise I really enjoy is Pilates. I like reformer Pilates in specifically. I really enjoy it. I, I leave my head for a while and that's great. Obviously that's been impossible during lockdown because I do reformer and I don't have a reformer machine. So I bought myself a Peloton and I should explain that despite everything I've just said about exercise and how much I hate it, I also know that it has to, to in some fashion be done, right? And I also know that I will feel better afterwards. The thing about exercise is I absolutely loathe the process, but like the outcome. Um, I get no enjoyment whatsoever from the process. I don't, I'm just missing the chip. I don't know what you're all on about. <laughs> so, um, but I know that it's very good for my brain and obviously my body uh, to move around. So I bought myself a Peloton in lockdown and um, I still absolutely hate exercise, but it is really good in that I do feel good afterwards. Plus there are some good playlists on there. So there are quite a few Madonna rides. So that's obviously cheered me up. Um, and I like that you're not, there's nobody in the room with you. I like that nobody can see you. I never, ever, ever do the live rides um, because I don't, I just don't want to feel like I'm in a gym. I always do the pre-recorded ones or the ones that were live that have been saved onto the database. And, um, 
and completely alone and got my heart monitor on and I think it's fine <laughs> it's fine <laughs> that's the most I'm going to say about it however I do know that in terms of making myself feel better and my overall mental health I know that I have to move around that if I don't move around then that becomes mentally problematic so that's my relationship with exercise which is pretty bad really and I and I think also the other the other problem with exercise is that exercise in our culture we're so kind of um because exercise is delivered to us as a solution for weight problems right I actually think that really messes up a lot of relationships with fitness because I come from a thin family right so everyone in my family is slim I'm probably the biggest person in my family. That's how skinny everyone is. My mum was a size six. My brothers are really wiry. They're really healthy. My eldest brother in particular rides his bike everywhere, but really, really wiry. And so I think if you don't have the impetus that society gives you to exercise, the only impetus that society really seems to care about or has historically, hang on, my son's just walked in, is making loads of noise, sorry. He's left the room. So what I was going to say is because, because our society basically sells you exercise as a cure for weight problems, if you come from a background that doesn't have any weight problems, that has many other problems, and that's even if you call weight a problem, do you know what I mean? But because that's how society views it, because weight isn't really a factor in my family, I just never learned to love exercise because what's the point if you're not, I think, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, if you're not fat, what's the, that's the reason, that's the reason you go to the gym. But actually that's not what exercise is for. Exercise is not for losing weight. And of course, when you look at the numbers, exercise doesn't really make you lose much weight anyway. Um, what what exercise is for, whether you are fat, thin, average, whatever, what exercise is for is your physical health and your mental health. That's the point of it. And I think I missed that. I think I missed that meeting for a long time because I thought, well, you know, I'm slim. I don't have to exercise. And of course, that's ludicrous. As you get older, you realize that's so not the point of it. The point of it is that you feel a bit mental if you don't do it. And so I've had to really retrain my thinking to force myself to do it and as a result I'm probably not very healthy because I always you know I never put the two together you're so right about the stimulus and the impetus to why we exercise because you just said I think of you as a fit person and I have ever since I've known you but I've been obese during that time but I was still active but, but I no, yeah. So you've always been active and healthy in my eyes. So, okay, sometimes you've been bigger, sometimes you've been smaller, and sometimes you've been lean, sometimes you would call yourself obese. But in my head, you have always been a healthy and active person far more than me, who's always been a size eight throughout. Because I'm not, I just don't do the stuff. I think of you as a healthy, active person. I definitely don't think of myself as that. But I was doing it because I thought, well, if I exercise, then I'll solve my weight problems. But actually, the weight problems oh. got, yeah, oh, totally. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me about that then. Well, I reckon it was sort of like, I honestly think now, sort of being on the other side of it somewhat, I think that it was almost like my defense mechanism. I could go, I run, I exercise, so this isn't my fault. I'm not lazy. It was like a badge, a defense, a, a deflection, if you will. That's interesting because women who are larger 
get that a lot, don't they? Where they sort of get disapproving looks as though, you know, you're, you must be lazy or greedy. And it's this thing of proving, no, I'm actually really active or I'm really, really healthy. And the opposite is not true. If you're kind of on the smaller side, nobody ever says, do you exercise? Mm. Nobody ever asks you ever, even though the answer would mainly be no. Um, nobody ever asks you because in their head you look the part it's such bullshit the whole thing is just such bullshit and you know and it it took me a really long time to realize that the weight really has nothing to do with it first of all losing weight is only what 20 percent exercise 80 percent diets it doesn't really have a massive effect Um, and it doesn't need to have a massive effect and people don't need to lose weight very often what they need to do is feel good and feel healthy. And I have had to learn that for myself, that exercise has to be somewhere in my life in order for me to feel okay. And it's about finding the right thing. Do you have a particular time of day? So for example, if you talk about being clear headed, that's why I like to work out in the morning. And like you, not with anyone else, I'm in my front room with an app, 30 minutes done, bang in the shower, get on with my day, but I have a much clearer head. Do you find that it sets you up for work and being productive? Yes, it it has to be in the morning. There is no way on earth I'm going to get on the Peloton late afternoon or in the evening. Absolutely no way. I know some people use Peloton to wind down after work. During normal times, they come in and they wind down, they have half an hour on the Peloton and feel better. There is no way I'm ever going to do that because I just want to be with my family. I just want to hang out and I want to cook dinner. And I'm like at five o'clock, I want to chill. I don't often get to, but, but I want to. Um, so for me, it has to be the morning. And absolutely, you are right that the byproduct of getting on the Peloton in the morning, I'm not talking about five in the morning, I'm talking about like nine or something. Uh, getting on the Peloton in the morning, definitely, you know, I get off it, I have a shower, I put my makeup on, I put an outfit on, and it definitely kind of spurs me forward and makes me feel that, you know, things are cooking on gas a bit. Um which, which brings me to my next thing, actually, which is a very important thing um, for me in how I feel for the rest of the day. I need to put some actual clothes on and I need to put something on my face, even if it's just skin hair. It, like I'm not somebody, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I can't go for a paper without my makeup on. I'm so not that person. I'll go anywhere without makeup on. I really don't care. Obviously, the industry wherein people see you without makeup all the time anyway in video, I don't, you know, I don't care about that. Mm. But I need to have done a cleanse. My hair needs to be clean. I need to be wearing actual clothes. I need to have my skincare on in order to feel that the day has begun and I can get going. What is not good for me, I get into when I'm writing a book, um, which is where I just sit in my own filth effectively and and I just am sort of tearful and sitting in front of a laptop and you know I look terrible I feel terrible that is not good and I have to really force myself into an outfit preferably something with an actual waistband Um, and 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 very often as well I'll put on you know, some shoes. I I tend not to want to walk around barefoot because again, that makes me feel a bit more ready. Now, even if the shoes are Ugg boots or whatever, that's fine. But just like some shoes makes me feel good. It makes me feel like a participating human being. Yes. 
And then the final thing about that point, which is very much related, it was going to be a separate point, but it's so related, perfume, Emma. Now, you are someone who I could listen to talk about perfume at length. I, I have watched, um, I was watching, re-watching Parks and Rec recently, and this is how I am with perfume. There's a scene in Parks and Rec where Leslie Nope is in a posh restaurant and she calls the sommelier over and she says, can I level with you? Can you just bring me the cheapest glass of red because I can't tell the difference? That's how I feel about perfume. I, 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 I love it. I enjoy things that smell, don't, don't hang up on me. I enjoy things that smell nice, but I feel as though there's a whole language to it or there's a whole magic to it that I just, doesn't reach me. Lots of, um, lots of beauty journalists don't like writing about perfume um, because I don't really think it's beauty writing. It's sort of a bit more similar to writing about wine or something. It's not really like beauty writing. It is quite different. So some, there are obviously exceptions, you know, um, Joe Fairley loves it. I love it. Alice loves it. You know, it's, some of us really, really love it. But mostly I was talking to Newbie Hands about this uh, one day. Newbie Hands, obviously a legendary beauty editor, just an all round brilliant person. Um, I was talking to Newbie Hands, who now works at Net-A-Porter about it one day. And she said, I would rather write anything than about perfume like she absolutely hates writing about it and and I love it I would probably rather write about perfume than anything oh okay let's unpick that because I I do the thing is I do find it fascinating it's not like I sneer at it I fully I, whenever people ask me about it I say I don't do it because I can't do it it's a skill I don't have like I can't speak Italian but it's a skill I totally understand that well uh, I don't know if it's a skill, more a, a, a love and an affection and a passion for something, you know, you like writing about what you love, right? And and I think, I think if all if all perfumes um, smell roughly the same to you, or, you know, in that in that way, then you're you're not going to be a good perfume writer. Just like I can't ever 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 be a health and fitness writer because it in no way turns me on, you know. It, quite often I get pictures for, for things from PRs about health and uh, health and fitness things. And I just reply and say, you, literally, I'm the last person you should ever ask to write this because it doesn't excite me. It doesn't turn me on. It doesn't interest me. Um, and so I think if you love perfume, then you can you can write it. I, so perfume is very, very important to my um, my feelings, I think. And, and it's funny because, um, so you know me reasonably well, and uh, people who know me would identify, I think, that I hate woo-wah, right? I just can't, I, I hate woo-wah, I loathe astrology and horoscopes, I loathe psychics, I, I loathe this industry of taking people's money to tell them what they want to hear about their dead grandmother, I, just, I, I hate kind of woo-wah things, I'm yeah. not... I'm not a fan of alternative therapies. I like complementary therapies, but I, you know, I, I get terrors when people sell kind of therapies in place of actually proven yeah. medication. I just hate that whole industry, right? My one concession to woo-wah 
is that I find smells incredibly powerful to my mental health. And so aromatherapy is where I'm getting at. I am not an aromatherapist. I don't go for aromatherapy treatments, but the reason I am much more accepting of aromatherapy is that I know in my own personal way, smells are extremely influential in how I feel. So for example, yesterday, I had, I had to go to London for the first time in a really long time because we've just come out of second lockdown. And um, I was going to meet Chanel, actually. I was having a meeting, a lunch meeting with Chanel. And I was rushing out of the door and I got in the taxi and I sent my husband a text message and said, oh my God, I've forgotten my ear pods and to put on perfume. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And so the whole way to London, I was thinking about the fact that perfume testers are not available at the moment in store, right? And I cannot go for lunch without perfume on because I just don't feel like myself. And what am I going to do about getting my perfume on? <laughs> and so I went into, um, I was meeting them in Mayfair. So I went into an arcade and there was, I knew there was an almond Jane in an arcade. And so I went and sprayed on some perfume in there. I just asked her, I just told her, I said, look, can I have some perfume? I do wear this perfume quite often. And so I had a spray, but honestly, I couldn't stop thinking about it all the way there. How was I going to get some perfume on me before I got to the lunch? And I managed to do it because I simply feel weird without perfume on. I don't feel dressed. I sort of feel like I have walked into somewhere with my underwear on and no clothes it's really 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 weird and the perfume I choose to put on in the morning absolutely corresponds to either the mood I'm in or the mood I want right. um and it's and and it's very important in making me feel ready and so even if I was having one of those days I described to you before those kind of sitting in my own filth um writing a book and crying days um I would still I would still put perfume on over my pjs I love that. See, that's the that's the connection with it that I feel I, I feel you're very fortunate to have. It, it's something I look at and think, oh, that's lovely, because I feel like you could look at your display of perfumes or however you organize your perfumes and you could say, I need that today. I know I need that because that will ground me or I need this today because it's a heavy day and I need this because it will be uplifting. That's the magic. But yeah, so I always go through that thought process, even though obviously as the years goes by, that thought process becomes much more instinctive and quick. But yes, I have a perfume for the right outfit, the right mood, the right thing I want to convey today. So sometimes I want to wear, you know, a shit kicking meeting presentation sort of an outfit. And other days I just want to feel like a cozy under a blanket cuddle sort of a a perfume and so I can I, I've always got the right perfume for that a kind of you know a musky cozy one or a, or a kind of go-getting perfume there's one for everything so yes I do have that connection with it and that connection is as important if I'm home as if I go out and it is like for me having to have my watch on having to have my handbag I have to have my perfume on or I feel quite just I feel like I've left my wallet at home or something it's very weird I enjoy that. I, I feel like actually that's made me, that's going to make me look at my fragrance differently. And I do have the Atelier Cologne advent calendar in the other room and I am enjoying my working my way through that. I, I mean, I love Atelier Cologne, so nice. I um, went to their boutique in Covent Garden a couple of years ago and it for me, and this is about as lyrical as I get when it comes to fragrance, but for me when I was going around and smelling all the different scents, it was like time travel. 
so kind of it was so evocative totally I was taken back to moments in time just immediately by the smells like what so they've got some really intense masculine ones that reminded me of what my dad would smell like when he'd come back from London with his briefcase and his suit and so it'd be that smell of like the commute and when people used to smoke on trains and leather that kind of thing there was something in there there was a note of that and that just reminded me of being little and being at home and having that experience you know your dad walks through the door in the evening yeah and um, I get that with um Eau Sauvage original Eau Sauvage not the new one <laughs> the Johnny Depp one yeah, and um, original Otavage just takes me back completely to my dad. And uh, Paco Rabanne, my stepdad, smelled of Paco Rabanne. My stepdad was lovely as well. So those are happy memories. And um, yeah, it, it, there's nothing, there's nothing like smell to, um, to, to take you back. Nothing like it. And then, and then, in fact, after my lunch yesterday, I went to Selfridges and spent an hour and a half in the perfume hall. So that's, that's what I did. I went and... Um, because I'm, I was, I'm about to host an event to do with perfume, so I just wanted to go and do a little bit of a recce, and um, and I loved it. Like, there's nothing, nothing happier for me than than to stand in a perfume hall. Submerge yourself. I know someone will be listening to this and thinking, just for the for the love of Mike, Emma, ask her what her favorite fragrances are for maybe grounding and uplifting. Do you have anything that specific that you could share? Okay, so um, so obviously, so obviously, the the situation very much dictates. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But you just mentioned uplifting there. So what is like a, oh, that's a very cheering thing to smell. So there I would go for something on the cologne side of things, because it's always going to be citrusy, bergamot, that kind of thing that kind of makes you feel zingy and alive. So there... Um, I really love Thierry Mugler cologne. I really love um, Oakwood, the most beautiful, beautiful fragrance that Lynn Harris made for Sunspell last year. It was one of my favorite products of the year across all categories, really beautiful, beautiful fragrance, uh, gender neutral as well. Um, if you want to feel more cozy, like go for something more kind of musky, I tell you what's an amazing perfume and so underrated because of the brand that makes it isn't a perfumery. The Glossier perfume is absolutely beautiful. Um, really gorgeous, cozy kind of musk sort of a smell. Um, uh, musk Ravager is, or it, mm, no, maybe not for what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, go, go for a kind of musky, cuddly sort of perfume if that's what makes you feel uplifted at that time um 
but generally if you want something kind of perky to give you some energy and revive you I would I would edge towards something cologne so sunspell oakwood Tirumukla cologne is an absolute banger um cologne indelible by Frederick Marr is amazing especially on my husband it's better on him than it is on me but I absolutely love it or maybe something figgy like philosophers by Diptyque you know something kind of fruity and lively I tend not to wear so many of those fragrances um personally I normally like a bit of a you know shit kicker perfume to be honest I do, I do like a bit so today I'm wearing Guerlain um Le Bleu today that's what I'm wearing which is definitely not a shy and retiring fragrance it's kind of powdery sort of irisy perfume I think the and last time I saw you I think we embraced because it was pre-covid and I think I said portrait of a lady because I think you're wearing that is that right one of your favorites yes I love portrait of a lady it's absolutely beautiful um I love Frederick Mal generally um, portrait of ladies a bit much for the house I find um, if, if I wanted if I wanted a portrait of a lady vibe and I was just around the house I would probably wear classic Coco by Chanel not to be confused with Coco Mademoiselle which I'm not keen on um, but classic Coco is a good it is a good portrait of a lady vibe but less of a room rocker but I, I love portrait of a lady and it's great for when you're out and about it's a brilliant party fragrance brilliant in cold weather beautiful see this is the nuance this is like listening to someone talk about wine I absolutely love it right now you mentioned cooking on gas so I am going to ask you a little while ago if cooking is a big thing for you for feel one of your feel-good habits cooking is a huge thing for me and um always has been so we can all cook and I think the reason we can all cook is that we just had to cook our own meals from a very very young age it, we we lived in quite a chaotic household and basically, if you, you know, if you didn't wash your own uniform for school and you didn't cook your own dinner, you know, that was that you were not going to you were not going to get fed and you were not going to have a clean uniform. So we we're all we're all very um, we're all very self-sufficient in that way. And it's become I've always been the cook in every relationship I've been in. And so so I suppose it's part of my self-esteem that that's what I contribute to the relationship to the household I mean obviously amongst other things but you know that's kind of part I suppose cooking is is partly how I love and express love so it is really important and also I like closing the kitchen door putting my sonos on pouring a glass of wine and just having people not speak to me for a bit and I find I find the um, the soporific nature of chop 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 stir 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 very soothing, and I like yeah it feels sort of loose to me, and I like the solitary nature of it. Um, and so yeah, it's it's a hugely important part of my life, and I'm I'm very it's very important to me that. I can do it. I'm quite gutted actually because I was booked on um, I was booked on a course just before COVID to go and learn how to make advanced kind of fresh pasta because I really wanted to learn how to do that. But of course, because of COVID, it was cancelled. So I want to do that next year. Um, I'm always, you know, like wanting to learn uh, new things. But it, but it is it's a really it's a really important part of my life, and I love that. What my favorite kind of cooking, which obviously you don't get to do very often, especially if you're a freelancer and you and you work stupid hours. My dream Saturday is a very slow, long cook in the kitchen 
like a really slow stew or a chili or something that go that cooks for four or five hours and it's just this very slow kind of easy day in the kitchen cold weather outside and that's like really therapeutic to me yeah and I yeah I 100% know what you mean and I know what you mean about the preparing food is the way you show love and in fact one of my post-covid wishes is just to get a few people together go away for the weekend and just have a big exactly as you say something always on in the kitchen and just feeding each other with conversation and food I think I, I think that's a lovely idea and it, I think probably lots of us show love lots of people who can cook show love that way it's like I cannot I cannot do I cannot put up shelves I cannot build flat pack I cannot garden I kill everything luckily my husband can garden but I kill everything straight away there's so much that I'm no good ironing I haven't ironed since the 90s so like there's so much that I can't do or don't want to do that the things I do I uh, kind of the way I show love so I do all the cooking I love doing laundry um and I do, I play games and I read books and, you know, the things that I'm good at, I try to do, I try to do in a sort of meaningful and affectionate way. But also it's just good, it's just good for my, it's good for my head. And I think, I, I also think it's good for your self-esteem if you know how to cook and, and you're feeding your family. That's a, that's a, that's a noble thing to be doing and it makes you feel, it makes you feel good. But also, can I just say, cause I'm interested in this cause you live on your own. Um, when I have lived on my own, I have always made myself a proper dinner and a proper breakfast. Obviously, there have been times where I've called a pizza. I'm not saying every night, but I've never been somebody who's thought, oh, well, I live on my own. So what's the point in cooking? I never think that I would still cook myself a nice dinner. Yeah, 100%. And actually, since I had the food epiphany um, last year, and it was when, honestly, it was because I used Ian Hayes' book during my recovery from the reduction lovely book that it's a brilliant book and also there's a rest you talked about the soporific nature of chopping there's a lentil and mushroom uh bolognese in there that requires you to really finely dice celery carrots and mushrooms and if ever i'm feeling a little bit out of whack genuinely i will always have celery mushrooms and carrots in my kitchen because i know that if i just spend 20 minutes chopping those and making that and batch cook it and stick it in the freezer it just gets my head in a good place and so yes i and I like as well the fact that since I have that book and since I've kind of come, have a healthier relationship with food, I like the fact that at six o'clock I go into the kitchen and all the raw ingredients over there, nothing is processed and I make magic. I, I think it's alchemy. I do too. And because I, I'm an intermittent faster, so that's how I eat. Um, I, by the time I come to make my meal, I'm so up for it. You know, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not starving or anything, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. And because because of the intermittent fasting, the meals you have feel quite eventful. And so that all feeds into it as well. And I'm excited, you know, as I'm cooking, really, really looking forward to it. So yeah, food, food the preparation of food, the eating of food, um, is a huge part of my emotional well-being possibly too much the eating of food is possibly too much part of my emotional well-being but but I've you know I can keep it in reasonable check but definitely if I'm bored or stressed the first thing I'll think to do is eat and I just you know I have to keep an eye on that or I have to give into it and not beat myself up about it but it's definitely a thing yeah um but not to a problematic degree 
And just with the intermittent fasting, because I do the same, I'm 12 till eight. And it just, it means I sleep better. And it means that my, my stomach isn't in any kind of, I basically don't have IBS anymore is what I'm trying to delicately say, Sally. So you do, so you do 16, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Sometimes, sometimes I do, um, I, sometimes I do um, 17, seven, um, but mostly I, mostly I do 16, eight. Yeah. It, it make I don't know. Do you just find it just makes you feel. I just, I just feel so, so much better. I don't get bloating. I don't have digestive problems in the way that I'm really prone to. I don't, um, I tell you what it is for me as well. I cannot, cannot diet. If you, if you tell me the kinds of things I'm allowed to eat and not allowed to eat, that's just, I'm just never going to do that ever, ever, ever. I'm not going to count calories because the problem with things like my fitness pal, which I know people love and fair enough, if you're a cook, it's a nightmare because it just gives you another job to do in putting your recipe and portions and all of that. It's just a pain in the ass. It's fine if you just buy things from the supermarket and you can scan the barcode and eat it. But if you cook, it's useless. So the thing about intermittent fasting is I like the flexibility of it in that I literally never, ever, ever think about what I'm eating in the times I'm allowed to eat. I just eat what I want. Mm. And the other thing about intermittent fasting that I completely ignore in its entirety is that I completely ignore tea and coffee. So I will have tea and coffee during my fasting period if that's what I want, because I have so little milk, it's negligible anyway. Um, but I completely ignore that. I, basically, I, I take out the thing that makes anything too hard to live with, right? And I think, I think eating plans, you have to make them livable. If you take out tea and coffee, then I'm never gonna do it. So yeah. I, I ignored that. I ignored that early doors and it, it works great for me. I've been doing it for a, quite a long time now and I I love it. My weight is the same. I don't lose any. I don't gain any. It just everything is just kind of constant and, and easy and normal. And I've never had that before with any other uh, way of eating. I kind of feast and famine. I get stressed. I forget to eat or I eat loads and loads and loads and loads. And the other thing about intermittent fasting, sorry, I'm slightly evangelical about this. The thing about intermittent fasting that I think is very, very, very useful versus all other ways of eating is that you don't get that stupid sabotaging thing where you go, right, I've screwed it up. It's over. I've screwed it up. It's over. And well, that's it. I've ruined this diet. So to hell with it. And I will order nine Domino's pizzas. You don't get that because it's just a day. Everything's just a day. So whatever you get right, whatever you get wrong or whatever happens, if you have a fun invitation to lunch and you feel like go and get this fine, it's just a day, get back on it tomorrow. And I, I like that about it. So I just feel, I feel far, far, far better than I used to um, physically and mentally because of the way I eat. And I restrict myself in no way, shape or form during my window, whatever I want, I have. Yeah. Same. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I was chatting to Dr. Rongan Chatterjee last week and he said something about it. I've been doing it on and off, but for the last six months, it's been religious for me. Well, I say religious. I've been doing it consistently. And he made the very good point that um, the body is not designed to constantly be burning fuel and digesting. Well, you're meant to go out, hunt down an animal eat on it and then not eat for a couple of days, aren't you? That's what you're meant to do. Obviously, I'm a vegetarian. That sounds like my worst nightmare. But I think the, the principle makes sense. Mm. 
you know, you're meant to hunt down your prey, you're meant to gorge on it, and then you're meant to, you know, let you give your body a break. And we don't do that because we get everything we want whenever we want it, if we're privileged people, which we are. So um, I think it's it's a really good discipline for me. Of course, we all know, we all know that ultimately everything is is that you burn off more than you consume and intermittent fasting takes down your calorie count. There's no doubt about that. We all know that there's no point dressing it up as something else, but in terms of it's ease to live with, I think it's pretty life-changing. I think it's very, very, very easy to live with an intermittent, intermittent fasting lifestyle in a way that diets are just ridiculously impossible for me. No way. I a hundred percent agree. And like you say, if some days you wake up and you think, actually, I'm really hungry. I just shift my hours. Exactly that. Everything's just a day. You know, knowing that you can just change your day and do it differently tomorrow if you want is is massive because I think on the very, very rare occasions in my life where I've been on a diet, all that happens is I go wonky one day and go, right, well, that's it then. That's it then. So yeah. I'm useless again. I've messed it up again. Um, but intermittent fasting is just a day. Give yourself a break. Enjoy your day. Get back on it tomorrow. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely brilliant. And what a, I, I'm guessing that we have rounded off nicely. Well, the only, the only one thing that I haven't mentioned is the most important thing. So I feel like I should. So um, I was talking to my husband about this in advance and um, the most, the thing, the, the thing that makes me most, the thing that's most influential over my mental health is um, my female friends and my, we are incredibly, incredibly close. Um, and if I don't see them, my children and my husband know that the wheels are gonna fall off. Like, like if mum doesn't see her girls, things, things will get wobbly, I'll just become sad. I basically need to, and we all feel the same way about it. We talk every single day and we all feel the same way about it, that after we've seen one another, the world feels like it's the right way up again. And we don't quite realize how kind of toppled over gradually it had become. It sort of becomes the leaning tower of Pisa and we see each other or we talk to each other and it kind of, it kind of goes back up straight again for a while. And it's, it's incredibly important. And my kids and my husband know that because we're a really close family. The four of us are really so well. Um, my sons and Dan and I were really, really get on great and we're happy. And, and we, we spend loads of time together, even pre-COVID. We're very close, but there is something specific about your girlfriends. Remember, I live in a house full of men. I've got sons. Uh, there is something specific about your girlfriends uh, that is unique to them and how they make you feel and how you can talk to them and how they can talk to you and if I'm feeling sad it almost always means I need to talk to my girlfriends isn't that lovely and when Joe came on Joe Jones came on recently she said that she obviously she's got her two girls and she's got Dan and she all of a sudden she might feel a bit frazzled and then she sees one of her friends and it's like she's been recharged it's so completely that it's so completely that I feel like when I've seen my girlfriends 
I'm kind of recharged for the next month or so. I, I feel like I've been put on a docking station and I am kind of rejuvenated and then I can go forth and, and do what I need to do. And it's something very, it's something very unique to them, you know, and, and, and we're all in the same position. So, so one of us, um, so Catelyn has two daughters, Lauren has two sons. Um, so, so our, our at-home lives, you know, are all slightly different, but we all, we all feel the same. We, you know, our kids are all different ages and, but, but we all feel the same. We all feel we have to kind of check in and, um, and see how each other feels about things. Also, we're very honest with each other. We quite often say, oh, don't do that. No, don't do that. And, and we trust each other. And it's very, very, very important to my mental health and my ability to be a good wife and my ability to be a good mother um, and to work and do the million and one things that I have to do that are my responsibilities. Um, the, the, oil, the oil in the engine is my girlfriend. This might be too big a question to explore, seeing as we're coming to the end of your feel-good habits, but I did a mini episode recently about loneliness because I've been getting quite a lot of messages into my inbox from listeners saying that, especially in lockdown, they have been finding it difficult to manage being alone, but they've also found that their friendships have changed and it's sort of married up with a lot of messages as well about how to make friends. And I wondered whether, in that big nebulous question, whether you seeing as you have got a lovely core group of mates, whether you have ever thought about, well, how, how did I get here? Is there a magic to how you make those friends and how you keep them? So um, really early on in my relationship with my now husband, I remember him saying, um, oh my God, I actually cannot believe your friendships. Your, your friendships are so close and you're all so in each other's lives. Um, you're so lucky. And I sort of said, well, I am, but also I'm not because it's work. Friendships are work. And I really do put in the hours, like we all put in the hours and, and you have to check in and you have to be interested and you have to listen. and you have to proactively make sure that you see one another. Um, we've all got, I mean, I suppose my, my really close friendship group can consists of about 15 people. There are little sub sections within that, you know, there's all the gay guys I work with at the gap. That's one group. There's Catelyn, Lauren and Nadia. That's another group. You know, I've got all these little kind of clusters, um, but we're all, we're all busy and I have to make sure that I speak to them on a regular basis and they have to make sure that they do with me and we have to get things in the diary. And my biggest piece of advice would be always make sure that there's something in the diary you can see, even if it's only, even if it's four or five months away, make sure you can see a commitment that you and your friends have made to do a thing because it will get you through some really difficult times, you know, really, really tough, lonely especially at the moment people are having an absolute nightmare especially people who live alone or people who feel lonely within their relationship and um, it's a really really tough time make sure you've got something in a diary that you can see because it gets you through a really really long way I always the moment I see my friends we always immediately schedule another thing even if it's not for ages because it you have to feel part of a process part of a continuum and I think friendship is a really active 
it's an active thing. You don't find lovely friends and it's done. You know, it's a job and you have to stay on it. And I, and I remember saying to my husband that day, I was like, but that's deliberate. That's deliberate that I've got great friends. I put in, I put in the hours, I fulfill my side of the bargain and they do the same thing. And I think lots of men in particular have friends who they never really see because nobody, nobody makes a thing happen. Women are generally better at making things happen, but you know, straight men, I think they make friends and then see them once a year because unless the wives organize it or unless a a gig happens or a football match happens or whatever it is, they very often just don't, don't, they're not conscientious and diligent about their friendships very often. Obviously there are loads of people, men who are exceptions, but I think women are better at realizing that it is an important and active part of life that you have to treat like other things in your life that have to happen. You know, you have to keep your house clean. You have to stay fit. You have, you know, you have to do lots of things. You have to do your grocery shop. Well, built into the mechanics of that is I have to speak to my friends and they feel the same way and I have to see them. And the rewards of that hard graft are massive. They're immeasurable. Um, They are absolutely huge the rewards and so to me it's to me it's really really worth it and even if you don't feel like talking someday you you know throw in a text start a whatsapp send a funny clip whatever it is but but check in and tell them tell them what they mean to you occasionally you know not it's not like every time I see my friends I cup their faces and tell them how wonderful they are but but you know I do tell them I love them fairly regularly and they say the same to me and um you know, it matters. It really, really matters. And it's important, especially if you're in a family, to have very close relationships that don't exist in that household alone. And so I I think that's another reason I stay on it, because I really love my husband, really love my kids, but we all live together. And it's important for me to experience love outside of the family as well. And I really, really, really do with my girlfriends. That's so lovely. I've really enjoyed hearing you talk about not just your habits. I've really enjoyed um, listening to you talk about your friends. Aww. That's really made me feel quite buoyant. Really? I don't need an uplifting scent now. I've just had that. Have you got somebody who would bury a body for you who would never, ever, ever blab? Uh, I probably have three people. I, I normally call them the people that you could call at three o'clock and get them to pick you up from the airport. Exactly, exactly that. And if you if you were ever wrongly arrested and you had one phone call, who would you ring? That's another good one. If you're in the police station, who would you ring? Yeah, um, it's always a good But yeah, I'm glad you've got those people. Everybody should have those people. I think women mainly. I think women mainly do. I think it's tougher for men. Yeah, I agree. Well, we have men who listen, so maybe you can weigh in in the Facebook group, gentlemen. Um, Sally, thank you so much for these. They've been such a joy to listen to, and I. Now feel I need to go away, text my mates and be a little bit more engaged in what scent means to me. Or do a crossword. (laughs) That too. That's probably going to be the first thing I do. Um, I will put the links to what you mentioned, um, the Times crossword, the fragrances, etc. The Peloton Rides with Madonna in the show notes. But Sally Hughes, thanks for coming back. Oh, and it's been lovely anytime. It's been really nice to talk to you as always.